0: Listening to Rogue Table Talks. Here's Mike. And we are off, and we're back, and we are Rogue Table Talking, RTT mm-hmm. number 107. Uh, I started this thing where I have a thing for the number every week, and yes. then that was fun for a while,
1: yeah.
0: and now I'm like 107. Huh.
1: Well, when did it? When did it start? Did it, was it like um, Ocho Cinco? Was it?
0: Uh, it was you know, in the eighties. Yeah, it was somewhere in the eighties. Yeah, maybe Cinco. eighty-one was the year I graduated from high school. Okay. Maybe that was yeah. it. Maybe that was, um, you know. And so I don't know. Maybe it's time to move on. Maybe it's time to move okay. on from the <laughs> number riff, or just kind of maybe put it in the back pocket. Um, yeah. Hold on. Soon as that. we're soon as we're done recording, I'll I'll come up with a super fun one oh seven reference and i'll put that in the show notes uh this is what i should have said about rtt number 107 uh but anyway anyway that i digress i digress (laughs) about the about the digression a digression concerning the digression
1: well i feel like once you get past like 101 yeah i don't know if there's much to say (laughs) until you hit like 500 (laughs) right
0: uh it's a very big podcast for us. It's number one thirty seven.
1: <laughs> which is a very meaningful and number. Everyone knows. Everyone what knows why it
0: means. That's good. Uh <laughs> but anyway. So yeah, we're talking about uh loving our neighbor and uh wanted to take a a bit of a I don't know, maybe sort of a deep deeper dive. A deeper dive on the deeper dive mm-hmm. of uh kind of You know a pattern of living that's biblical, and a basis, uh, kind of, kind of where we are. um, You know how how the fall impacts us, and how maybe that there's this pattern that impacts loving our neighbor and many other things in many other ways. Um, And I was thinking about that as as I was thinking about this passage in Genesis twelve and this theme of alienation uh, that the fall. The fall brings alienation, and uh, you and I both sat under uh, Jerome Bars at Covenant Seminary, and I think um, I think this is original to him. I believe uh, just you know categorizing these seven uh, alienations that the fall brings uh, that we you know God is alienated from us, and then we are alienated from God. Uh, we're alienated from ourselves, uh, from each other. Uh, there's a loss of dominion. Sure, there's that that cultural mandate of, you know, uh, go and multiply and, you know, the, the tend, tending and stewardship of the garden that we sort of lose our ability to do that, or at least it's fallen. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we don't have any contact or any any relationship between God or between ourselves but all of these things are fallen there's a level of alienation in all of these areas Uh, body and spirit um, there's a a level of alienation there and it's interesting how I think uh, uh, Jerem Professor Bars talks about you know different perhaps gender issues or even bulimia or something that's a that's a uh, a uh, a way in which we're alienated from our own body and spirit and we're alienated from creation. Uh so all of these things we were made to be in harmony um with God and with each other and with our purpose and role with ourselves with uh creation and all of those have been impacted. So uh, I don't know if you want to before we move on from that as a kind of a basis for what we're talking about I don't know if you want to kind of chime in on that theme. Uh,
1: Yeah, I think um, this was, Covenant was where I first, my view of the fall started to really expand and get a little more complex and deep. And I think previously I had only thought and heard, you know, sin separates you from God, sin separates you from God. And and that was kind of the whole... definition of what sin does and therefore Jesus came to uh, repair that relationship and so that that was the totality of the gospel as I understood it and it's not that that's not true it's just that as you just listed it's there's just more there's a lot mm-hmm. more to it because of because of what God puts shows us in Genesis 1 and 2 of and three of you can look at the effects and Genesis 3 and you can harmonize 1, 2, and 3 together and see all of these things. That there was supposed to be, we were supposed to reign and rule over the all creation and now our dominion turns into domination. It's It's not that we, it's not that we don't have any of these things, it's that we've Sin has twisted all of these things Uh into, you know, violence or control or fear uh, or harm. And sin has twisted all of these relationships and they're in disrepair. So it's not that people aren't necessarily in relationship to God at all. It's that we aren't in proper relationship to God. And we, we can't be unless Jesus rep- repairs it. But it's, it's all of this. It's everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, of, all of this is, is fragmented and fractured. And that's why redemption, the cross, has to be so much bigger than what we gen- generally present it as. Um, it, it, it's not simply, oh, well, now we have peace with God. So therefore, nothing matters in the rest of my life. If that's the whole problem and the whole solution then why don't we just go hurry up and get to heaven
0: right I had an uh, an account deficit with God and that deficit has been taken care of and you know uh, I just keep living my life and go to heaven instead of going to hell
1: right yeah (laughs) no, that's it (laughs) and
0: you know obviously people wouldn't say well that's not how I think of salvation but I think functionally we can we can sort of think of it that way and live and live that way and so all of these alienations, I mean, what you said is, is is I think, uh, true and helpful to ponder a little bit more that the ways in which these relationships are then um, not what they should be. Uh, it's not that we, we don't have a relationship with God. It's that <clears throat> we are at turns afraid of him. We at turns want to control him. We, at turns, want to get stuff we want from him. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so we still have this relationship, but there's now a selfish, uh, self-focused, destructively self-focused aspect to it that is part of the fall. Uh, And it's just like, you know, we still have relationships with each other, but instead of the relationships we were made to have, where there was love and grace and mutual encouragement and mutual, uh, you know, uh, uh, strengthening. Uh, there's all sorts of self-protection and and uh, hiding from and protecting from and trying to control and trying to get what we want uh, from all these relationships. There's this uh, there's this uh, uh, passage uh, in a book called Not the Way It's Supposed to Be. Uh, it's one of the Plantingas, uh, one of the Professor Plantingas. I think it's Cornelius. Cornelius Alvin. I think, <laughs> I think it's Cornelius. I am not sure. Um, and they he talks He tries to paint this picture of what it would look like had we not, you know, were we not fallen, and how, you know, we would seek to praise one another, and we would wouldn't care what college somebody went to. We would honor somebody uh, just as highly if they went to this college or that college and you know we wouldn't look to tear down we would look to build up we would call to one another uh from our porches and you know extol the 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 stories of of great moral virtue that we we were reading about in the newspapers and you know something that seems almost in in one sense laughably alien but in Mm -hmm. some sense you're you're part of your heart goes, oh yeah, that is how it should be. And that's sort of the theme of the book. It's not the way it should be is, is how, you know, all these, all these impacts uh, of sin and the fall. And so that's sort of, you know, oh, I love my neighbor, you know, because it's easy to say that because I, you know, I, I know that's what we're supposed to do, but there's, there's if I'm really wrestling with all of the alienations that the fall brings, there's no way that I could love my neighbor as I ought to love my neighbor. It's just not, it's not, here we are in this fallen state until we get to, you know, out, you know, totally redeemed in the new heaven and new earth, new Jerusalem. We will then really be loving each other, loving one another, loving our neighbor as we were, as we were, Designed to do, and as we are uh, unable to do now, and so part of, you know, part of what loving our neighbor means is we have to wrestle with all the reasons why. I don't want to love my neighbor, and I don't want to be loved always. You know, just leave me alone. I'll leave you yeah. alone. Right? That's the, that's the deal we make. Um, and I think that obviously that impacts more than loving our neighbor. It impacts all sorts of things. Uh, but you know that's kind of what we're talking about now, and uh, I was thinking about that, and then this this big story they were in that we one day will be re- redeemed of all of these things, and full redemption will mean all of these things will be made whole. Uh, but there's a biblical theme that or pattern uh, that repeats, and that's of God's people being called out of some place to some place, so that they can live purposefully. Uh, And, you know, Abraham gets, you know, that's, Abram gets called, Abram and Sarai get called out and renamed Abraham and Sarah, And that's the first, you know, it's Genesis 12 and it's sort of the first occurrence of this pattern. But you see it all over the place. I mean, you know, it's not like Isaac and Jacob live settled lives. Uh, You know, they, you know, they're obviously Jacob, you know, more than, uh, Jacob and Esau uh, that story there where Jacob has to leave is there's there's all of this sort of um, being called away from a present place of something uh, but also Joseph you know, David and all, there's all these wilderness sort of experiences Israel itself of course wanders in the wilderness, Jesus has nowhere to lay his head Paul and the Apostles are sort of kind of on the road uh and of course, that doesn't mean necessarily physically moving, but there's this sense of being. And I think it, I'm relating this to the to the fall is that left to our own devices, we will settle into a insulated place of comfort, and that false comfort, and that we need to continually be called out to some place in which we are not comfortable, and so on. Um, so that's sort of, uh, I guess, the intro to the theme. Let's, I mean, let's let's look at Genesis 12, 1 through nine, and and then sort of we can talk about this passage and this sort of this whole pattern and how it relates to just living faithfully, purposefully, and loving your neighbor. Uh, okay, Genesis twelve, uh, starting verse one. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and lot went with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. Okay, so let's first maybe just talk about this passage, what's what's going on in this passage. Um, There's a lot, obviously, there in this passage, so I guess just start and we'll... (laughs) We'll we'll see where we go. Uh,
1: (coughs) Yeah, so I think this is a significant move on God's behalf to... uh, It's not the beginning, but he is showing how he's going to repair what happened in Genesis 3. So in Genesis 3... There's the fall, like we talked about, but there's also the Proto-Evangelion, the first gospel, which is foreshadowing of Christ, which says, you know, uh, from Eve's offspring, someone will come and crush the serpent's head and the serpent will bruise his heel. So God set about the work of redemption uh, then and uh, needs to, is going to create a people through whom this one shall come to crush the serpent's head. So, you fast forward to Genesis 12, and you have God uh, cre- going to create a lineage and a people through Abraham. And so, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you so you will be a blessing. Uh, I think it's Galatians and other New Testament epistles look back on this and say this, is, this blessing is fulfilled in Christ, but it's beginning in Abraham. So, uh, uh, this is a significant promise that the Jews would have held on to all throughout their history uh, the blessing of Abraham and the blessing of the people of God in the Old Testament and through them shall come one to bring holistic as we talked about uh, blessings so that's part of what's what's happening mm-hmm.
0: yeah and I think there it's interesting that mm-hmm you know this uh so abraham uh, and then his lineage are to be a blessing so god's blessing them to be a blessing but this involves some sort of movement some sort of displacement some sort of i'm going to call you away from and it's you know early in that passage basically everything your home your family your kindred your friend your your life your land your You know everything that's comfortable, and you're 75 years old uh, to go to a different place that I'm. You know, I'll show you later. And then they get to Canaan, and there's this promise that not yet, not you personally, but your people, one day I'll give this land to you. Uh, And but not yet, and so you've got to keep moving. Uh, And there's this sense in which there's a bigger story that they're in, and don't get to experience the benefits necessarily of all the benefits of the bigger story, but we're in this, we're in this bigger story being called out of comfort to something more purposeful and something bigger, uh, and something future focused, if you will. Um, and basically, you know, Abram's got the Lord and the promise of the Lord and that's all, that's what he's relying on. And, you know, from that place, it's from that place that he's actually, then, he and his family begin to live, you know, lovingly about George's neighbors. And so that's but, sort well, of what... Go ahead.
1: It, it doesn't say this necessarily, but he had to leave. But why? Like, he, he had to leave. He had right. to leave. He was married, though, and living on his father's property, which uh, arguably he was provided for and his family provided for, and... You know, this is typical ancient Near East. You know, everybody living in Mm -hmm, a few mm -hmm. houses around each other. Right. uh, Or one compound. But, but he, why, why go? Why did he have to go?
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting, because it it is a pattern that repeats over and over again. And I think my, I don't, I don't know that we're told necessarily per, you know, but I do Mm -hmm. think there's this sense in which, We will make uh, a sort of, we will make too permanent a home out of what shouldn't be a permanent home if left to our own devices. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we'll keep doing that. That, you know, Abram is 75 years old. He's living in this place. He's got stuff. He's got family. He's got possessions. You know, he could, if left to his own devices, he would just live there and not move to a place where he is going to be a blessing to the nations. Uh, And, you know, that's that's that sense of, you know, um, had uh, what would have happened with Jacob if he just would have stayed and, you know, kind of, you know, done his thing. It doesn't mean you can't be a blessing without physical relocation. But that pattern means something. It means, I think, left to our own devices, we will choose comfort and protection and safe uh, over something that seems less protected and unsafe and risky uh, where all we have is the Lord and it's that place that we really love our neighbor from. And if I get too comfortable or settled, man, it's really hard to love my neighbor. I mean, that's sort of, that's the leap I'm making. I don't know. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I think, I I, I think that there's, I'm trying to just think through my, the Bible stories right now. I just don't know if you ever hear God appear to somebody and say something like, stay where you are. Right. <laughs>
0: Settle in. Yeah. This is Get gonna, comfortable.
1: You know, buckle up. Be, <laughs> you know, uh. It's like, even when he calls the prophets, it's like you're going to be called to a task that's going to be a relocation of sorts. It's mm-hmm. it's bigger than you. It's outside of your daily routine. Um, it's, dis- it's disruption. So, you know, not everybody, I, you know, I used to hear people say, well, you know, every- God doesn't call anyone to stay. He calls everyone to go. And usually that's like hyper- mm-hmm. Passionate missionaries, go, go to the thinking missionary. That, if you're right. Thinking I, that every American that stays in America is uh, is disobedient or something like that. But but he doesn't call everybody to go across the world or uh, go across the country. Uh, but he does disrupt us, and he does like you you have here in the notes. Just can we do this without a physical relocation? Um, yeah, I mean, physical relocation is what do they say? Moving's in the top. Mm-hmm. the three most stressful things you can do. Right, right. So yeah, you physical relocation will do this to you, but mm-hmm. there are other ways. I, I I'm on a little bit of a Jordan Peterson kick, so he 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 referred to this passage, and he's like, it's kind of funny. He's like, Abraham's playing video games in his dad's basement, and he needed to to take ownership of his life, and God mm-hmm. says, you got to leave, you got to get out there and grow up and be mature and. So I think there's there's even potentiality for this this to happen with a new stage of growth like okay I got to take the next step and the next right. step's scary and the next step is against my comfort zone and it, and it puts stress on me that's the reality I was talking to somebody the other day who just point blank said I don't want to take the next step because it's just too much stress and I know what I I know the stress level that I'm in right now and it's manageable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And I think that's right. what we would choose. It's manageable. This is what I know.
0: That's right. I think that's exactly right. And then and we're called at times to unmanageable stress that all we have to do is I mean all we have is the Lord. We don't have we don't know what the next we have to live with the reality of I don't know what the next move is and that's that might be very stressful to me. But without that sort of movement, then my neighbor is a vehicle for me to settle in. I think, right? Um, mm-hmm. yep. That 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 my story of my life is how well I settle in, how well I prepare myself financially, professionally, relationally, so that I can get what I want and experience, you know, what I want out of life. Instead of, I'm part of this bigger story. I don't even know like where my part of this big story is going. I'm called out of this settling in comfort to this place. And it is from there where I can, uh, you know, be in a place where I can actually love my neighbor because I'm not s- settling in and loving my neighbor seem to oppose each other. Uh, and it's not a matter necessarily of physical relocation, although that forces it. But you can't move every two years in order to, you know, <laughs> in order to love your neighbor. You have to figure out, is am I settling in to a false comfort? Because I'm still alienated from God. I'm still alienated. And then my relationships with my neighbor become, you know, instrumental. They become uh, something... an instrument to getting something I want instead of actually something for them or something that's a bigger part of God's plan. Um, That, that at least makes sense to me, I suppose um, that it's this movement that is required to be in a place where I can actually love God. Well, and love my neighbor. Well, Uh, and everything that's against that movement is sort of maybe everything it's all the thorns and thistles of modern life uh, is against movement. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense that uh, that yeah. one way of saying one way of, a, of the thorns and the thistles in the, the parable uh, of the, of the, of the seed and the, and the, and the sower is that's what captures us and ties us in and distracts us away from the movement of the bigger story uh, in, in that place. I really can't I'm not going to be loving my neighbor because I'm just thinking about my own part of my own story.
1: Yeah. Well, and just just practically how I mean I think most people like to know what to expect so we like routine and we like consistency and uh we you know so you may never you may never move out of your house. Like you may never take a different job, that doesn't mean there's not uh, something here inviting us to take bigger steps in our story. And I just think if you play this, uh, if we like rhythm and routine, but that uh, routine eventually turns into a rut. So if I come home and on Tuesday night we have small group, but on Wednesday night it's this, Thursday night it's that, and I go into my garage and I wave to my neighbor and I go in my house and I watch my show or we watch our show. And then Friday night we go out to dinner. and it sounds good. Talking. Right. It it's sounds a good, good thing. Well, yeah. I'm talking to the same people at work as I like, we'll go to the, 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 water cooler. It's the same people. It's the same, same time at the gym. Same. And that in and of itself is not a bad thing, but I think what happens is all of this gets into this routine and then, we get locked, and I may be projecting, but but most people, I think, like their routine. Yeah, And so then we never break free. We never break out. We never, let's make a new friend. Let's, you know, do something nice for our next door neighbor. Like, whatever, whatever small way. We don't want to break out of it.
0: Yeah, and even opportunities or invitations to break out to coach this youth team or to do something. The reason we don't want to do that, it's like, I don't have time, which is really I don't want to get out of my pleasant routine that I'm in right, right. Uh, um, and I think so that's the that's the very thing we're talking about. And so one of them is sort of a small story living, sort of a safe p- protected, you know, alienated from the bigger story uh, to, you know to go back to that language living where it can seem pleasant, but then it will ultimately seem empty. you'll you'll wonder. Okay, I do this same week over and over again. Is there more to it? Um, And and then one is a bigger story where a lot of the same elements are the same, but I'm looking for invitations to, in a sense, be part of the bigger story, which will be some sort of movement, some sort of out of my comfort, some sort of place of dependence, uh, some sort of missional thinking and living that's not what I would do otherwise and that at times feels uncomfortable. Uh, and I'm, you know, I pretty much stink at this, I think. Um, and I guess one of the points I would make is I don't think many of us are going to be very good at it naturally. And that, yeah. it, you know, we're just going to tend to try to find, find our bearings, find our comfort, find our stability. And then we settle in and then we forget we're in the big story. We forget we got to move, we got to go and do and live. You know, it's the taking up the cross. It's, to put it in that language, it's the crawling up on the altar. Like, what does that mean to me practically? And it might mean something, it's, you know, one possible meaning of of that is I might need to say yes to coaching the youth team. Mm-hmm. Or something similar to that, where, yeah, I'm not really doing this for me. Like, I don't, I mean, others, you know, other people can do it, and I don't. I don't know. I'm going to have to, Miss my show, or you know, I don't know, right? <laughs> and yeah, it, it's, well, I it's, think... it sounds it's just very it's very that sounds very small ball. But if I'm not willing to do that sort of thing, then it's just I'm settled in.
1: It's it it sounds small, but it's it's really it's not because going against your rut in a very small way uh, is is disruption for you, and if you can get some momentum behind that, then you can push against the natural entropy, which makes our mind small, our, our, our lives small. I, I, I tend to think like this. In the first half of life, there are natural relocations, so to speak. You're, you graduate high school, you go to college. You, if you don't go to college, you get in a trade. You get married, you start to have kids. Like, these are all natural disruptions which just keep messing with you. Um, but then you know, a mutual friend of ours said, you know, well, once, once your children, though, get to a more self-sufficient age, like teenage age, Parents become very lazy, and I can see that having two teenagers. Because you know, my it's easy for my daughter to go up, read a book, or watch her own show, and then go to bed, and we say good night. But that's all there is to it. Um, and then, I'm, you know, I go watch my show. Maybe a minor <laughs> disruption to that is, hey, do you want to play a board game together? Do you want to go out and get ice cream together? Do you want to take a walk? Like it's just something simp so simple as okay, what is my intentional movement against? the flow, which is going to push me into a smaller, Mm uh, world. And I just think it's, I do think it gets a little bit harder, uh, as you get into different seasons of life because, uh, you, they don't, all these relocations don't come as natural. They don't, they don't naturally just happen and you, you have to choose it. Yeah. You have to say, I'm, I'm getting out of my father's household, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's go for it, whatever that is.
0: Right, oh, I like it. Yeah, that, obviously you could you could apply this, you know, principle over and over again over many podcasts. But you know that is the sense of what at some point forced dislocations stop happening, and you have to choose to move. Uh, and Matt I have to choose to move away from my attitude that my parents are the cause of my unhappiness or something. Mm-hmm. Like that's a comfortable place, unhappy, but a comfortable place to live in. I, In order to grow, in order to, I, I've got to move away from that uh, and give up that, that false comfort. Um, I think that's just, I mean, that's a great way of putting it and part of loving my neighbor who's next to me at work or next to me in the classroom or next to me, you know, in my neighborhood is probably, is it's going to involve doing stuff that seem, but stuff I wouldn't normally choose to do Uh, and that's probably all growth is like that Um, and I think that biblical pattern is meant to play out in our life uh, you know beyond the physical relocations that you know he he means to relocate us spiritually Uh, and so maybe that's that's our challenge for this week or that's our thought is what is that what is that movement what movement should that be for me now uh, you know, or movements. Um, in what ways have I settled in, and in what ways am, am I being called to a different place—a place that he will show me? Like, I don't know what's going to happen if I do this, uh, and that's one of the reasons I don't want to do it. But that's one of the things I must do to live in this bigger story. Um, so, yeah, let's leave us. Let's leave. Our, let's leave everyone looking for what is that movement? How am I settling? In what ways do I need to rely uh, on on God's power and strength and uh, fruitfulness in me in ways that I wouldn't otherwise, and that I have to move forward to do that? Uh, and we will, you know, we we will feel uncomfortable. We will feel like we're screwing it up. We will feel like failures, and that's probably part of. We'll feel lost, perhaps. We'll feel. Uh, uncomfortable um, and that's probably what we need to be you know to, to accept that's part of the path of living this bigger story this path of growth uh, so let's leave it there um, let's seek that out uh, instead of running from it uh, with that grace and peace thanks for listening to rogue table talks be sure you're subscribed to our podcast wherever you listen and on our youtube channel Just search Rogue Table Talks.